So good to be here this morning. I've asked for a stool just in case I need to uh, have a break <laughs> in the middle of the message. Um, so yeah, I am Grace Whedon, Pastor Adam and Anita's daughter, married to Kyle Michael Whedon, the handsomest man on the planet. You may disagree, but that doesn't matter, okay? Uh, so me and Kyle, uh, Kyle and myself, we oversee the youth here at Connect Church. And um, also the kids on a Sunday is something that uh, I look after. And I'm excited to be here on Mother's Day and to be a mother on Mother's Day. And before I before I start, I want to welcome anyone watching online. It's so cool that you're tuning in. Um, if you're ever here, come say hi. But if the messages touch or change your life in any way, please message us and let us know. Church, can we put our hands together for those watching online? So um, anyways, back to being a mum. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to do mum things. I'm especially excited uh, to say mum things, okay? Because I reckon that every mum has a list of sayings that they say. Okay, you may not know this, but it's going to be a revelation if you didn't. Okay, so I reckon that there is this the site and mothers, they get these special sayings off this site that only mums know about. Okay, and I'm discovering these things. And my child has not yet come into this earth, so I can't practice my mum sayings on my child. So I practice them on Kyle. Okay, okay. So um, a little while ago, we went grocery shopping and Kyle got out the car and he's carrying all the grocery bags like a good husband does. And I turn around and I'm like, oh, babe, I'm not carrying any bags. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, but I am carrying a child. And then I just kind of walk away because I'm like, that's pretty good enough for me. Uh, but my incredible uh, mum pastor, Anita, she has her own uh, mum saying. So, you know, they're not normal mum sayings because she's Indian, okay? So they are Indianified mother sayings. And some of them are a little bit like this. So when we were younger, uh, me, my sister and brother, you know, we had to uh, walk to college. Uh, the struggle was real for us. And so uh, myself, I used to go to Pram College uh, in year 12 and 13, and we used to live just right on the street, right? here okay it's about a 15 minute walk okay but um that just was too long for us and sometimes outside the weather wasn't so great and I'd be like ah oh, it's a little bit cold outside and I'd look and it'd be raining and I would say hey do you think that we could get a ride a ride to call it I don't want to walk look outside it's bad bad and she would just look at me and then all of a sudden something would come over here you want to ride when I was a child, I tell you now, nothing that follows when I was a child needed to be true. It just needed to be dramatic. I used to walk in the boiling hot snow. One sock on. 40 miles every day. And you want to ride because of a little bit of hail? And so I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> And if it wasn't that, it was, it was, and now I understand this because I haven't had, like I said, I haven't had baby yet, but uh, you know, when you get home from work, you're a little bit tired and then you want to, you want to be a good wife, so you cook for your husband. Well, I want to be a good wife, so I cook for my husband. He loves eating. And so sometimes that can be tiring. And so if Kyle ever was like unhappy with what I made him, I don't know how I would react, but he just loves everything. So it's really handy. Um, I could give him peanut butter on toast and he'd be like, you're the best wife ever. And I'm like, tell me something I don't know. And so mum makes 
the best food, my mum, okay? She made, there is no arguing. Again, you may disagree, doesn't matter. Okay, she makes amazing food. I just will never like mints, okay? I have this thing against mints. Unless it's in a pie, I don't eat it. And sometimes I'd be sitting at the table, I'd be like, mum, what's for dinner? Mints. And I'm like, oh, mints. Mints, mum, really? Couldn't do anything else, had to do mints. Then again, when I was a child, <laughs> at the age of three years old, I would sit with my mother and make all of the food, and you don't want mints? <laughs> so, you know, you learn. So I'm excited to, like, have my own sayings to say to my children, but I don't know what they're going to be like because, yeah, but I'm excited for it. But my mum also said really smart things too. She has a lot of wisdom in her. And one of the sayings that she said that I will 100% be saying to my children is, if you cannot say anything nice, don't say anything at all. I like how people are like, because all your mother's told you how it is. <laughs> And so she would say that to us and it stuck. So this morning when I speak, I want to talk about the power of our words. And I don't want to talk so much about how we speak to each other, but more uh, so how we speak over our own lives. Because uh, sometimes we speak over our lives and we don't even think about what we're saying because we don't think the words are significant. But the Bible's pretty clear that words have the power of life and death. Like that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, your words bring life or death. And so if if the Bible says it, then I'm going to believe it. And I need to be careful about what I'm speaking over my own life. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is I am so I can. Everyone say I am so I can. Oh, beautiful. So words, words have power when we physically declare them. I've, I've discovered this uh, when I'm having a bad week or a bad month or year. Not often, but I've discovered that if I bottle things up, I'm okay on the surface. But someone will always ask you because they'll notice, you know, those people that know you really well. And they'll come up to you and you want to look like you've got life all together. You know, God is bigger. So you're standing around and then they come up to you and they're like, hey. How are you doing? You're like, fine. And then they're like, but how are you really doing? And then you try look civilized and communicate what's going on. And then you just kind of be like, oh my goodness, this is what's going on. And you just burst. Okay. Now that's probably more females. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's like when somebody upsets you consistently over and over again and what they're doing really hurts. And you never really talk about it. But then someone's like, hey, what's going on with you guys? And then you start to talk about it. And then as soon as you talk about it, these feelings start to rise up within you. And all of a sudden you're like, I didn't know I felt like this. Because words have power. When they shift from inside our mind to actually into the atmosphere, there is power in our words. So we got to be careful this year what we're declaring over our lives. Can you put your hand up really quickly? I know some of you may, this, this is not a hand up. This is a hand up. Okay. If you want to, in this room, have a really strong ending to 2019. Really good rest of the year. Great. I'm glad. I'm in a room full of people. Imagine if no one put their hands up. We're like, no. <laughs> that would suck. But, you know, what I've discovered is that every year 
something changes. Every single year, change is inevitable. And it looks different for every person. Maybe your change wasn't a big change. Maybe you just moved house or you might have changed jobs for you. That might be a big deal. Maybe it's a financial change. Maybe it's a relational change, a family change. Maybe you're starting a new hobby. Uh, my nana's just started ukulele classes. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, so embarrassing. But if you ask her about it, she'll tell you. Whatever it is, we all experience change. I thought my biggest change in life was going to be the day I married Kyle. And my life totally changed for the better, okay? But, yeah, yeah, safe. But that wasn't my biggest change because then we bought a house. And I'm like, oh, buying houses. They never tell you about the mortgage when you're kids. They only tell you about the house. So we're like, yeah, oh, no. What? We can't go out every night for dinner? And so there was a big change to the bank account. And so I was like, oh, okay, I think this is the biggest change ever. But the biggest change in my life has not actually occurred yet. It's coming. <laughs> so I've heard six weeks from now, prophetically speaking, you better stay in there. But the biggest change in my life is that on June 22nd, the cutest baby humanity has ever seen. Again, you may disagree, but it doesn't matter. Is going to walk, in, not walk. <laughs> We're going to have talented kids again. <laughs> I'm not going to describe how, but they're going to be in the earth. And uh, that's going to be a big change. I know that my focus in life will change. My job situation is already changing. Uh, I know my time for friends and family will change. I know what I look like is going to change, okay? Because it already has. You know, there was, a, there was a time where I could stand in a single doorway and people could still walk past. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, no, what do we do? It's stuck. So... <laughs> That's a hard one, but things are going to change. However, change isn't a bad thing, even if it comes with challenges, if we handle it correctly. Change can be really good. It can strengthen us. It can grow our character. It can make us into some really incredible people. And I know I'm going to be a really good mom. I am. Because I, thank you. It's the friends I keep around me. I know I am because I know who I am. Right? So I am, so I can. Let's pray before we go any further because we all need Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, that your word is truth. I thank you that it can challenge us and encourage us all at the same time. Father God, I thank you for every single life and the lives that they represent in this room. I pray that the message today would stir all of us. It would uh, help all of us in some area of our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help right now. Help me to say what is only necessary and needed and to be able to keep on breathing while I stand on the stage. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk about two guys in the Bible really quickly. Um, there was a guy named Gideon. Anyone heard of Gideon? Yeah, great. Good bunch of Christians. <laughs> so there's a guy in the Bible named Gideon. And uh, at this time, the Israelites, a bit of background, there were the Israelites. These are God's children, God's people. And they were in battle with a group of people called the Midianites. And the Midianites kept taking over Israelite land. And one day God's like, you know what? 
I think you guys have had enough fun. I'm going to save my people. And so he sees this guy, Gideon. Okay, and this is what it says in Judges 6, 11 to 16. It says, One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press. He meant to press wine in the wine press, right? He's threshing wheat. Unusual. Out of sight of the Midianites. Okay, he's hiding. He's hiding. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, almighty warrior. I love God. He's awesome. We can be in a state of hiding, insecurity, afraid. We can be in a total state of fear. And God sees us and calls us out. And he's like, oh, mighty warrior. And all of a sudden, Gideon looks around. And Gideon's like, with me? My master? And it says, God faced him directly and said, go in the strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Heaven, I just sent you. And again, Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the runt of the litter. And God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. That's a pretty incredible piece of scripture. God's like the most encouraging friend anyone could ever have. The crazy thing is Gideon went on to do exactly that. There's another guy similar to Gideon, also the runt of his litter, the youngest of his brothers, except he was a little bit different in the way he saw himself. His name was David. See, again, the Israelites got themselves into a bit of a pickle, but this time with the Philistines. And rather than having a normal battle, there was this big dude named Goliath. And Goliath comes out and he challenges the Israelite army. And he says, you know what? Send your finest soldier. If you win, fine, we'll be your slaves. But if we win, you'll be our slaves. And they were all like, mm, not king. So they sat there, the whole army, including the king, for 40 days. And every day he came out and along comes David. And David sees Goliath taunting and saying these things over God's people. And David's like, who the heck is this guy? What? Are we just going to let him talk like this to us, God's chosen people? And then it says this in 1 Samuel 17. His brother, when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. All of a sudden his brother's like, no, this is what you are. This is who you are. And David's like, wow. Siblings, we need to be nice to each other. Thank you, mom. David was like, I'm going to block out that negativity. And he goes to the king. And he's like, King Saul, I got this. Okay, battle belongs to Jesus. And Saul replied, uh, David, you're not able to go out against Philistines and fight. You're only a young man. He's been a warrior from his youth. You know what the crazy thing is? David went out, fought Goliath, killed him. He won. The crazy thing is, though, they were both the runt of their litter, one saw himself differently from the 
other. See, Gideon saw himself in the situation for what it was. So he declared over his own life what he thought his own value and his own capabilities were, whereas David saw himself greater than the things that laid before him. He saw that God was greater and God was with him. He declared his capabilities based not on what he saw in himself, but what he knew God could do through him. Until you know who you really are and whose you really are, you will never fully grasp what you can do. Really. Sometimes we are limited simply by who we believe we actually are in life. Do you know what follows the words I am can either set you up for total success or failure in life when we wake up in the morning and we're like, oh man, I am not looking forward today. Forward to today, baby brain, sorry. Man, I am just so slow. Oh man, at work, I swear I am just so annoying. We get up, we see our kids, we're like, man, oh man, I've just been a bad parent. We start to say these things over our lives. And it depends on who you are because there are other people that are really the opposite. You know, they wake up and they can look like a mess and they're like, well, wow, I am handsome. This is every male ever, right? <laughs> they don't even have to look good to say it. They're just really confident like, man, I look at me looking good. And so some people are really confident and they declare the I am's and they're killing life like in a good way. Because their I am's and what follows are really powerful things. Depending on who you are, you may say different things. But one thing remains the same. Words have the power of life and death. I've, I've been in situations in life where I've had to really rock myself up. You know, really get myself in the headspace. Uh, Kyle and myself, we attended antenatal classes. So um, has anyone else done antenatal? Yeah. Okay, cool. It sounds a little bit scarier than it is antenatal, but it's just pre-baby classes. And me and Carl, we got ready to go to our first antenatal class a little while ago. And I was really nervous. If you know me well, I'm actually quite a shy person uh, when I'm in a room full of people who I don't know at church. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. But if I don't know anyone here, I would have been like, oh my goodness. And he's like the really nice, friendly one. And so we were driving, and I felt a little bit sick to my stomach, just being honest. I was like, oh, my goodness. And in my head, I was like, I don't even want to go. We could turn around right now. I, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And I turned around to Carl. I didn't say any of this. And I turned around to Carl, and I said to Carl, how are you feeling about tonight, babe? And we're on our way there. And he turns around, and he's like, uh, uh, yep, great. I don't, I don't know. But he knew I wasn't asking for his sake. So we drove and then he, how are you feeling about tonight, babe? And I don't want to exaggerate the story and be like, I was like, I am good enough. I am friend. I didn't do that. I just turned to him and nervous as heck, feeling a little bit sick. I just went, I'm good. And then it was silent for the rest of the car ride which was only another 20 seconds, so it was fine. And we got there, and Carl walks in, all ready to go. And he puts on his badge. He goes around shaking everyone's hand. Like, he's really friendly. And so I felt like I need to shake everyone's hand. And I tell you what, we had really good antenatal classes. But it could have been different. Because I could have been like, you know what, babe? I'm actually not keen. I'm actually feeling really nervous. And I, I am not going to be friendly. And I don't know what to say. I'm going to stuff up. And we could have had a really bad time. 
Because a lot of the times we choose our words based on how we're feeling rather than what we should actually be declaring over our own lives. If I was to ask you today, what kind of person do you want to be? What would you say? I'm not asking how you may feel or what you think you are. I'm, I'm saying, who do you want to be? Do you want to be successful? Do you want to be kind? Do you want to be loving? Because what follows your I am's can determine that. It's like we're inviting things into our lives. When we say things like, man, I am incapable, we're sending out an invite all of a sudden to lack, to failure, struggle, even anxiety. When we say things like, man, I am so unwanted, we're sending out an invite to things like loneliness and depression and even self-harm. And that may sound really intense, except this day and age, that's really spreading. You know, a lot of people suffer from these things. And when we say things like, man, I'm not a good parent or, or spouse, we're sending out an invitation to past failures, to disappointment, to shame. Why would we want to invite these things into our lives? Why? If we're careful with the words that we say to other people, we should be even more careful with the words we speak over our own lives. I am, so I can. When we say things like, I am capable, even when we don't feel capable, all of a sudden, we feel a little bit more courageous in the moment. All of a sudden, we can have a little bit more confidence, even when we don't feel like, oh yeah, I am capable. I had to tell myself I can do it because I swear I wasn't going to be able to stand up just before. I was like, Kyle, is it hot in here or is it hot in here? He's like, it's completely fine in here. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. We say, man, I, I think I'm good enough. We invite acceptance and self-worth. We can invite joy into our lives. Did you know that? You can be in control of that. We say, man, I am a good parent. I am a good spouse. We invite things like security and peace and self-worth into our lives. Everything we say can either enable or disable things in our lives. What are you enabling in your life, Connect Church? I am so I can. What we believe we can do is dependent on who we believe we are. If you believe the I am's you declare over your life, it can unlock the I can's in your life. For example, if you're like, man, I believe I'm a good handyman. Something breaks. All of a sudden, you're like, I can fix that. I got that. Or maybe you're like, man, I believe I'm a really anointed person. All of a sudden, when your friend's sick, you're like, hey, I can pray for you. Your I am's unlock your I can's. Maybe even in here, you're someone who needs to say to yourself, man, I believe I'm worth it. Yeah, I can find someone who wants to marry me. Truly. Because some of us go, oh, no, no one's going to want me. I used to say that all the time. I used to cry to mom, 21 years old. It's like, come on, toughen up. But it's true. Our words have power. I am. I can. You know, I, I don't want this message to just be one like, oh, you know. That pregnant girl, she shared a nice message. It really touched my heart. I really want this to be a challenge for us. I really want this year to be a year where we declare and we're aware of everything we declare over our own lives. Because people watch, you know. i got to be careful because I know this child's going to watch how I speak about myself, you know. So I'm going to tell myself every day how good looking I am. 
so that my child's like, man, I'm good looking. Uh, I want to share a story because I had to put this into practice. You know, it's one thing to speak something, it's another thing to do it. So I spoke at the beginning of youth, a shortened version of this. And uh, at church a couple Sundays later, I had a bit of a moment. Um, like I said, I run kids on a Sunday and, and I've been doing that nearly every Sunday for the last seven or eight months. I've been in there for both the 9.30, 11.15 service. I arrive around 8.30, 8.45 and leave um, around 12.30, 12.45. So I'm in there for a good four hours. And sometimes I come out of kids and I don't look this good, okay? I'm not going to lie. And one particular Sunday, I was exhausted because when I do kids, I give it my all. Otherwise, it's, there's no point. So I came out of there. My hair was in a mess. It was in a little bun. I had some stretchy pants on my Connect Kids t-shirt. Um, I'm glad I could wear other clothes today. That's exciting for me. And I came out and I noticed across the foyer, some people laughing at me. And I was like, oh, dang it. They're totally laughing at what I look like right now. And so I kind of like brushed it off. I was like, meh, it's all good. And then as carried on my day, I was talking in the foyer and I heard more giggling and I turned around, it was a different group of people and they said, come over here. So I was like, hey, my friends. And by the way, I've told people I'm sharing this story that are in the story and uh, I don't want, this is not guess who after the service, everyone to be like, right, who do you think it was? Okay, that's not what this, the purpose of the story is for. But I turned around and I went over to this group of people and they were cracking up laughing because I looked like Hurricane Katrina just had a dance battle with me and she won. Okay? And so, and I was fully aware, okay? I know when I don't look good. And then they started laughing. They're like, why do you look like that? And I'm like, oh, well, I've just been serving in kits. And I'm just, I don't know, a little bit tired. It's, just, it's all I had time for with my hairstyle today. Okay? And so... Then it kept on going, and then someone said, can I please take a photo of you and send it away to this person? And then I was like, mm, no, I, I, I wouldn't like that. And I got asked that same question about three or four times. Please, can I take a photo? Honestly, you look so funny. And then someone else said, what does Carl think of you looking like this? And I was like, oh my goodness. It's only so much, you know. I think sometimes people think pastors are bricks. But we're not. We're soft on the inside. And I was like, um, what do you mean by that? Didn't just marry me for my looks. Though they are pretty good. But not then they weren't. <laughs> and it just kept going. And then somebody else came up and pretended to record me and said, Oh, should I put this one on Instagram? And I was like, oh my goodness. And I just laughed and laughed. And then I turned around and I walked towards the stairs and I ran upstairs and I burst out crying like a little baby. Because I was like, wow, that really hurt me. I've just been serving for four hours. No one said anything nice to me. Except, why do you look like that? What does your husband think of you? Sorry, I'm emotional, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and actually, it really hurt. And I had to get in the toilet and there were so many things I felt like I wanted to say over my life at that point because I felt a little bit stupid and a little bit humiliated. And so I sat there 
literally sobbing and just said, you know what, I am a good mother. I am a good wife. I am beautiful. I am confident. I just started to do that because I can't preach it and not do it myself. And so I said those things. And then I came out and I came down the stairs and I went outside and someone else laughed at me and said, hey, nice maternity wear. And I was like, "Uh if only you knew what I've just been through. And sat down and one more person just to top it off, walked outside and said, hey, see you later, homeless. And I was like, wow. And I got in the car with my husband. I just cried and cried and cried. But you know what? I know I'm none of those things. And I know that none of those people were trying to upset or hurt me. Because I know all those people and they will love me because I'm awesome. (laughs) However, in the moment it hurt, but I had a choice to make. What was I going to say? This is how I felt, but what am I going to say? We all have a choice in this. You know, David was declared over his life that he was wicked, that he had a conceited heart, that he was unexperienced, he was too young. What did he do? He ignored what people spoke over his life and he stood against a giant that everybody was afraid to stand against. And he said this, you come at me with sword and spear and battle axe. Well, I come at you in the name of the God of the angel armies of God of Israel's troops whom you curse and you mock. And he goes on and I can see everybody else like, oh my goodness, we're going to die. What is he doing? And he just keeps going. This very day, God is handing you over to me. I'm about to kill you. Cut off your head, save your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and coyotes. The whole earth will know that there is an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear. The battle belongs to God. He's handing you to us on a platter and he killed that giant that day. You know, people doubted David because when they looked at David, all they saw was David. But David never once doubted himself because when he looked at himself, he saw God. I want to encourage us today. Be careful what follows your I am. Because it will unlock your I cans. Whatever the change in your life, whatever the struggle, whatever the battle, God is bigger, God is greater, God is stronger, and He is on your side. I am, so I can. That's it from me this morning. I hope it encouraged you. Thank you very much, Connect Church. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time for my amazing daughter. You go, girl. You go, girl. Amazing. Hey, just before we close, I just want to give you an opportunity today. If you're here and you know you need to get right with God, I want to take a moment to pray and just ask Christ to come into your life. If you're here today, and just through that service and maybe during the worship or whatever, you just know, man, I I I I need to get right with God. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed here right across this auditorium? This prayer I'm going to pray is a prayer. The Bible talks about how God knocks on the door of our heart. And if we would open our heart, He will come in. If you're saying, well, I need that today. I need to get right with with God. Understand this. You might be here and say, but pastor, I can't get right yet. you, You don't know how bad I am. Friend, this is what you've got to understand about the power of the gospel. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. And it's what He has made available for us. Maybe you've been saying to yourself, as the, even as Grace is speaking, I am no good. I am useless. I am this. I, 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 I am somebody who, who can't make it. I am, you know, just lousy. I am whatever. Well, I, I, I want to tell you, 
about the God who loves you and cares for you. And you can know Him today in a real way. And so if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to be included in the prayer that I am going to pray in the, in the next few moments, you're saying, yeah, I need, to, I, I, I need to get right with Him today. Wherever you're sitting, I'm going to count to three. And on the three, I want you to put your hand up and say, yes, Pastor, please include me in that prayer. I need to get right with God today. And so one, understand here today, Jesus love you, loves you. Two, this is your day of salvation. This is a day that you can get right with God. And if you want to be included in that prayer, Three, would you put your hand up in the air and just say, that's me. I need to get right with God here today. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Over to the side here. Anyone else down the back there? Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God here today. All right, slip those hands down. If you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, just you're worried about other things, you think, what will people think or whatever, you're not sure God will accept you, I want to tell you, Friend, he's, he, he, you might go, man, I'm just a hypocrite, friend. I want to tell you, there's always room for one more. It's not about us, it's about him and what he's done. If you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't, and you want to now be included in that prayer, can you put your hand up right now and just say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. So anyone else, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you down the back here. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer all together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Wash them away. I turn from them. Be today my Savior and my Lord. This I ask in Jesus' name.